Hi, everyone. Welcome back to this advanced English conversation between Greg and myself, Mary Daphne. It's so wonderful that you're joining us for this conversation. The idea behind this is to give you some opportunity to hear two native English speakers have a regular conversation. This is unscripted. This is the beauty of the ebbs and flow of conversation. So we're going to let it take us where it may. And right off the bat, I'll tell you today's subject, and Greg will hear it as well. We're going to be talking about, dun dun dun, drum roll, camping. Ooh. Yeah. I love camping. Awesome. So we're going to be right back, and we're going to jump into this conversation. We'll be right back after this short break. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com wonder. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Okay, Greg, so I want to hear from you. Why do you love camping so much? Well, first of all, I think we should differentiate between camping and backpacking. Oh, okay. That's right? a good one. So camping is sort of a catch-all for um, going out into nature right. um, and spending the night or multiple nights. Now, the question is, are you going out in a car with all your equipment in the car? And then you park the car and set up your tent next to the car. And so you're still in nature, right? You're at a campsite. Um, but everything's sort of there with you. Yeah. Or do you put all your tent, sleeping bag, all your equipment on your back and you hike with it, right? right. And that's backpacking. Um, okay. And so when you're going backpacking, uh, you're camping, but you're doing it, you know, carrying all your own stuff and going out further into nature. Um, so regardless of those two, yeah. um, what I love about camping in general, and mm-hmm. I think you can say camping as a catch-all to include both of those. Right. Um, but I wanted to make that distinction right off the bat. Um, the reason I love it is that I just love spending time in nature, right? Um, I find it very soothing, um, very peaceful, um, very fulfilling, right? You know, we are always surrounded by electronics and buzzing and beeping and honking. So when you get out into the woods, into nature, it just feels like you, um, you're being washed in this sort of relaxing, soothing vibe uh, that's very hard to get uh, when you're stuck in urban life. And the concept of forest bathing is something that pops up a lot, I think, nowadays with this understanding of the importance of wellness and how there are a lot of things that we can be doing 
even if we live in a city that might be good for us, for our health. And so forest bathing is one of those things. And especially with something like camping or backpacking, typically the surroundings are the woods or the forest. Definitely. Yeah, no, forest bathing is such a cool term. I think it um, perfectly encapsulates what I love about camping, right? Right. It is like you're bathing in nature. Um, The same way, I know, you might think about um, taking an Epsom salt bath, right? That's you know, you have the warm round water around you uh, and the minerals soaking into your skin that feels great. The same kind of thing happens being in nature and hearing mm-hmm. nature sounds. And um, a lot of cultures, I know the Japanese and um, a lot of the um, Nordic uh, cultures really take forest bathing very seriously in the Scandinavians um, because it is so cathartic. It's so salubrious. And it's not necessarily that you're bathing as in submerging yourself in water, like you you might in a bath, though you could. But it's what Greg said, where you're really just surrounding yourself in nature. So if all of nature's, you know, abundance of trees and plants and just verdant surroundings is a bathtub, you can think of it in that way. Yeah. But it's really this term that we have where you're completely surrounded by nature. And immersed, right? We use these terms, they're often um, liquid-related terms, right? So and to immerse yourself in nature, right? And the most strict sense of immersion is to dip something into a liquid, right? Yeah. So you immerse something in water. Um, here we're immersing ourselves in nature. So it's it's a sort of a metaphorical... Um, uh, description of what's happening. But yeah, I really do think of it as like bathing the brain, right? That's a good one. You're bathing yeah. the brain um, with nature. So it's these sort of water terms where you're really just uh, surrounding yourself and soaking yourself in it. Um, and it's just, yeah, it's a great experience. That's right. And so let's talk about camping, the first distinction that we made in the beginning. So camping, what would that typically entail? Can you just walk us through a typical camping experience for those of us who might not be experienced campers like myself? Yeah, that's that's a great question. And it is important if you want to go camping for the first time, you want to do it in baby steps, right? Your first camping experience probably shouldn't be trying to summit Everest, um, right? You're probably better off starting with um, the traditional, what we call car camping, right? So car camping is when you get all your equipment and your food and you pack it into a car. So you have a lot of space because you have the trunk of your car. Um, You can also pack um, a lot of heavier stuff, right? Like heavier types of foods and fuels and so forth. Um, So what are you going to pack, right? You're going to want a tent. You need something (laughs) over your head, right, when you're going to sleep. That's right. Um, You're going to want a sleeping bag um, to keep you warm, right? A sleeping bag is you know, replacing covers, right? So you, you get into a sleeping bag, it's like a warm cocoon and it surrounds you. And it's deceiving because most people think, oh, it's summer, it's going to be hot. But most people haven't ever slept outside. And what you realize is it's a lot colder outside than it is in your house, even if you aren't turning on the heat because your house, you know, insulates and holds heat um, throughout the night. Whereas a tent, or if you're sleeping right under the stars, there's nothing between you and the sky. And so... <laughs> It can get pretty chilly pretty quickly. So make sure to bring a warm sleeping bag, warmer than you think you might need. Right. 
We'll be right back after this short break. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. And then you also need um, the basics in terms of um, protective clothing, right? Uh, it could rain, so you want to have a rain jacket. Mm-hmm. Um, it, again, could get chilly, so make sure that even if it's summer, bring some sort of pants. So when you're there at camp, um, you know, your legs are warm, and if there's bugs, your legs are covered. I was going to say bug protection. Bug protection, that's a big one, because it might not be something you think about for the warmer temperatures or cooler temperatures, but the bug situation can be crazy sometimes. And then you have uh, wool socks. You should always have wool socks Mm -hmm. to keep your feet warm and, again, to protect yourself from bugs. Right. And if you are planning to do some hiking, I always recommend that you take two pairs of shoes. One are your hiking shoes that you go out and do a hike, even if it's a short hike around Mm -hmm. the area. Um, and then you have some camp sandals, oh. right? Something easy to slip on, something right. where your feet can breathe mm-hmm. and it's more comfortable. Right. Um, and you can wear those around camp with your wool socks. Right. So in terms of camp, how do we define camp? Is camp a, a place that we go to? Is it a place where we set up our own tent? What kind of situation are we looking at in terms of the sleeping arrangements? Yeah, sure. So, okay. Yeah. Let's, let's, let's step back a little bit. Um, when you uh, go to a car camping site, yeah, you uh, typically these camping sites are going to be either in a field, right, in a big open grassy field, mm-hmm. or they could be set inside the woods. Um, and so you'll have like a gravel path that you drive in, right? You'll get off the highway and drive onto one of these things, and you'll have a gravel path that you'll drive along. Yeah, and then along the gravel path, well, first you'll check in, right, and you register and you mm-hmm. say, "Here's, you know, our." Uh, reservation so this for is a, a campsite. A campsite. Yeah, you can you can book these online. Um, you can book them over the phone. Um, often they'll just have space if it's in an off month, right? It's not in the summer. You're going to have to probably book in advance, right? But other places you can just show up. Um, anyway, so you check in. Yep. Um, and then you keep going along the gravel path, and you'll start to see little uh, patches of ground, bare mm. earth, right? Um, where enough space to park a car. And set up a tent. Right. And so the idea is when you get into your reserve space, it'll have a little sign on it. Your patch of grass. Your patch of grass or dirt. Um, It'll say, you know, like number 23 or, you know, uh, fire log site, right? They'll have little fun little names. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The deer site. Okay. So um, you get to your site um, and that's when you can start to unpack, right? You can set up your tent on the little earth patch, try and look for like a nice flat area Mm -hmm. because you don't want to be sleeping at an angle, right? Right, right. Um, And you don't want big roots or rocks under you. Um, And so, yeah, you set up your tent. And then typically they also have a fire pit. 
right? And I love fire pits because a fire pit is where you can set up your fire, right? You collect some sticks, logs, um, and you uh, build a fire. Right. And what if you don't know how to build a fire? Is there anyone there on the campsite to assist you? Or you would hope that the people that you're with on this camping adventure are hopefully experienced campers that they could help? Because I know that you know how to, you know, build a fire, but start a fire. But I don't know that everyone has that outdoorsy knowledge. No, that's that's a good point. And fire is fire safety is very, very important, yes. particularly during the summer when yes. the, the um the, the the ground, the foliage, the trees are all very right. dry. It's, it might be hot out. Yeah. So knowing how to build a fire is really important. If you've never done it before and you don't have anyone there who has, uh, your best bet is to see you can check with the management to see if there's a ranger who can help build one for you. Right. So a, you. a park ranger in the US, we have people who are it's a profession a profession to be a park ranger. They well Greg could probably speak to it. Um there are people who are part of the campsite or the preserve or the park, um, the national park, for example, and they are there to help you if you need something. They are well versed in how to build a fire, doing you know any sort of ha- giving any assistance to campers, or- outdoor safety in general. Exactly, yeah. they are. They're very experienced and they're yeah. super handy to have around but they're not always there. Right. Um, you can also go onto YouTube, right, and, and look up some tutorials on how to do it. Yeah. But the key here is if you can make, the, for the first fire you make, you want to make it small. Mm-hmm. And you want to make sure there's no flammable stuff in the area, right? right? So you have your fire pit. There should be a ring of rocks around it to contain the fire. Mm-hmm. Um, and then past that ring of rocks, you want to make sure there's at least 10 feet of bare earth oh, in wow. space, right? Wow. And you also want to make sure above you there aren't any trees hanging over, oh, yeah, right? Because sometimes if the fire gets hot, it can light the, the leaves of the, the trees hanging above. Oh, my goodness. So wow. you have to just, you just want a lot of space and start yeah. small. Yeah. Um, and once you get the hang of it, you know, after a few fires, you start to sort of get a sense of, you know, what's, what's safe and mm-hmm. what's appropriate. Mm-hmm. You can scale it up. Right. And then what about food? What do you people do about food? Because you said to bring your food. Yes. Let's talk about that for a moment. You do have to bring food. Yeah. Um, but before we even touch on food, the yeah. more important thing to bring mm-hmm. is water, ah, right? Yes. Because we can go days, weeks, even months without food. We can only go a couple days, yeah. a matter of hours without water before we die, yeah. right? So water is the most important thing it's to bring. true. And water is also really heavy, I don't know about you, but I mean, when we've gone on hikes, I remember just sometimes I'd bring like three liters of water and that was pretty heavy and, you know, and I'd carry it on my person and I'd just be drinking the water throughout the day with the Camelback, which is this um, container of water, which is basically like a silicone bag. It's a water pouch. A water pouch. And you have a nice um, long like hose essentially, and Mm -hmm. you just have that connected to your backpack and you don't even have to stop, open your bag take out your water bottle, remove the other things that are in the way of your water bottle. You just simply take the spigot out. And drink from the twist hose. Twist it, drink from the hose, and it's delightful. Yeah, really handy. Yeah. So yeah, you need so to water. bring water. And bring way more water than you think you need, wow. right? Just tons of water for each person you should have. I mean, I'd have to look up what the number is. I generally always have a sense how much I'm going to drink. Yeah. Um, but you want a good amount, right? Like, 
they have those five liter containers a gallon for each person i would imagine at least yeah i would say really like one of those five liters per day per day per day Yeah. yeah um at least one five liter jug per person yeah and you can also look at your campsite. Is it close to water, right. like a, a, stream a stream or a lake? If so, then you can get more water from the stream or lake. But you have to make sure it's drinking water, like drinkable or potable water, because otherwise you just don't know the safety of yes. the water, and that's very important. It never. You should assume always, no matter where you are, that the water is actually not safe, yeah. right? And Unless so, there's a sign. Even if there's a sign. Really? I, yeah. I mean, unless it's coming out of a pipe that says drinking water, oh. right? But if this, if, you know, if they say, oh, this stream is safe to drink from, well, you don't know, right? You don't yeah. know if there was a dead animal upstream or yeah. a beaver with giardia, right? There can be all kinds of microbes in there that can't be controlled. For sure. And so it's always best practice if you're getting water from nature to bring some iodine or the easiest little iodine tablets. You can easily buy them on right. Amazon. Right, and so what does that do? And the iodine just kills all the microbes, right? right? So you just drop a tablet into your water, let it sit for 30 minutes, and then you can drink it. Does it taste like water or does it taste like it's water with It tastes with a little sulfury. Like almost, really? Yeah, like if you, uh, the smell of boiled eggs, if you had that in water. Oh, it's, sure. It's okay. a little bit that. Okay. Um, and it can stain things, so be careful. Oh, yeah. But look, if you need to drink water. If you need water, you need water. Yeah. Yeah. You can also get pumps, which are a little heavier, and that's probably recommended if you have a car because the weight doesn't matter as much. So you bring a pump, and then you can just pump the water, and you don't need to use chemicals. Right. That's good. We'll be right back after this short break. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Now we can get to the food. Now we can talk about food. <laughs> yeah. So keep in mind, a lot of the food that you make while you're camping also requires water, um, yes. typically purified water. Uh, and so uh, you have to factor in that with your water equation. Yeah. But right. in terms of food, yeah. I mean, the sky is really the limit, right? In terms of how complicated you want to get. Just remember, you don't have a kitchen, right? Mm-hmm. So at best, you're going to have a table that you can lay out with some basic cutlery, but you're not going to have a sink. You're not going to have a dishwasher. Yeah. You know, you're not going to have all your pots and pans. So you want to be strategic about what you're cooking. You want stuff that's relatively easy to put together. Yeah. It doesn't require too much, you know, complex machinery. Right. Um, things I love to do, right, rice-based stuff. It's very easy to boil rice. Right. Uh, beans, refried beans, mm-hmm. very easy to do. Um, you know, stuff that's that's dense and caloric um, and that you can add stuff easily to. So couscous is another one. Yep. And then things like cheese um, that you right. can toss into this, right? Block right. bricks of cheese, mm-hmm. salami, yes. right? These are all things that are easy to transport. Um, yeah. Peanut butter works very well camping. Peanut butter is always a good one. Yeah. Uh, we also have things like trail mix, which is, I don't know that I've seen it really outside of the U.S., to be honest, but it's a wonderful 
thing. A lot of people use it when they're on hikes or camping or even just as a snack food. It's essentially a variety, a medley of nuts and maybe even some dried fruit. And they're different assortments. So you can get one that has like pumpkin seeds and dates and figs and things like that. Or you can, you know, make your own sunflower seeds. I mean, the sky's the limit with that too, because you can just pick and choose your favorite seeds and nuts and dried fruits. And those, like you said, are calorically dense, but you know, you could carry a big bag with you and only a handful would help you sort of like I don't know, get through that meal or if you need some sustenance. Yeah, it keeps your energy levels very, very some level. Energy. Um, yeah, nuts nuts and seeds are probably a good the best thing that you can bring. Yeah. Um, alongside, again, I think salami works really well. Yep. Um, if you're cheese, like meat. you said, too. cheese. Mm-hmm. The only thing with cheese is after Melting. a day, it can start to get like a little sweaty, you know. Right. And uh, funky. Right. So uh, make sure if you're going to bring cheese, eat that sooner rather than yeah. later. And then what about making sure the animals don't like not attracting the, yeah. their attention one to you don't want animals near your and i'm talking about like bears and maybe wolves and things like that <laughs> you're not going to see any wolves you're not going to see you're wolves. not going to see wolves okay. but depending where you go yeah. you may see bears bears um and bears don't like to interact with people but they do really like to eat food and so and they have good noses yeah. And they also know uh, that camping sites have food typically. Right. They associate one with the other. Yeah, exactly. Wherever there are humans, there's bound to be food. Exactly. Yeah. And you've probably seen, you know, videos of bears breaking into trash cans and stuff. Um, they're pretty nosy when it gets to food. Yeah. So, yeah, you need to be... But the bears actually aren't even your biggest problem. Your biggest problem is going to be squirrels and chipmunks. Right. Right. These little rodents that can get everywhere. Um, and they can bite through things, and you don't even notice them because they're so small and quiet. <laughs> yeah. um, so those are going to be a real problem. So the key here is that you want to keep your food always in a tight container, uh-huh. right? Something hard and sealed. That you can seal. You literally have things called bear containers. Oh, wow. Right? What does they're that these, look like? There's these plastic polyurethane um, containers, uh-huh. right? Basically indestructible. Mm-hmm. Um, and you put your stuff in and seal it, and then you know nothing can get in. Wow. Um, some a lot of campsites actually have um, bear containers built into the campsite. Oh, that's good. Which are more like big chests. Okay. Um, and you could just put everything in there and lock it up. That's good. And those are really good. And then if you don't have either of those, you want to go light. You can use what are called bear bags. Okay. And bear bags are a soft bag um, that you stuff all your stuff in. Right. You can even use like a sleeping bag stuff sack. Um, you put all your stuff in, um, and then you tie it to a long piece of rope, uh, and you. Uh, launch the, the end of the rope over a tall branch on a tree, right? Mm-hmm. That pokes way out. Um, and then you can lift the bag up, right? And you basically have the, the bag dangling in the air. Right. It can't be too close to the branch, though, because you don't want squirrels to be able to jump down to it. That's right. And obviously it can't be too close to the ground because you don't want a bear to reach up and swipe it. So you need something that's probably at least 20 feet high, and then you pull it up like 12 or 14 feet um, just so that you have enough space. Uh, to clear all those those threats. And that's a bear bag. Amazing. Yeah. So how long have you been camping? Well, lately I haven't been doing much camping at all, yeah. so I miss it. Um, but when I was younger, uh, I would camp multiple times a year. Wow. And f- during summers, I would camp most of the summer. Yeah. Uh, a few friends and I would just, you know, go out. We'd go with groups, with trips, um, through organizations and by ourselves. And I even have a friend uh, who 
hiked the entire Appalachian Trail. So he camped for in the woods for nearly four months straight, actually probably over four months straight, yeah. hiking over 2,000, like 500 miles, a huge, huge distance all the way from uh, Bangor, or where is it? I think it's Bangor, Maine, up in Maine, all the way down to Georgia. Right. Yeah. So would you say that camping is something that Americans typically like to do? I mean, of course, we're making a sweeping generalization either way, that whether they Americans like camping or don't like camping. What would you say, typically speaking, in terms of Americans' relationship to camping? Is it something that I think it's very positive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Americans, and, and I think in general, it's not just America. Yeah. Um, it's really around the world. Around the world. Um, there's something about camping that's very, it feels um, like it's bringing you back to your humanistic roots, right? It's yeah, tribal. and I would say in my experience, uh, I mean, mostly hiking, but there's very much of an overlap there. Just the difference being that you you'd go home or you'd stay maybe in a log cabin or a hotel or a friend's place if you know you're with friends that you are just it's so therapeutic yeah 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 and what i find you know talking about the american population broadly you will find that there's um a part of the population that's very outdoorsy right yes. you know some yes. of the most uh, aggressive and talented outdoorsmen in the world are americans yeah um and then you have a much bigger group of just campers right if you go camping in the u.s yeah you're very likely in, to encounter other campers right um, because there's a lot of them but as Definitely. a total percentage of the population yeah. it's probably still not that big right people who camp in general i would guess make up maybe 40 percent of the total population i would say so too i was gonna say maybe 50 50 i mean i'm I'm someone who loves being outdoors, but I'm not much of a camper. Right. Um, you know, I grew up in cities, have been in cities most of my life thus far. Um, and so the opportunity to camp is not really that, uh, you know, apparent, abundant. abundant. Yeah. But, you know, I feel like the friends that I have, for example, in Colorado, every weekend they're doing the car camping and now they have a baby and they're taking their baby car camping. So really, I think is very much also state dependent. You know, if you're in a state such as Colorado with beautiful outdoors that you know, people really take advantage of, then people are going to probably be camping as one of the outdoor activities that they do. Yeah, I would even say it's city dependent, right? Because yeah. within a state, uh, even New York has mm -hmm. phenomenal camping. Like New York City, obviously, it's hard to get to camping. You yeah. have to get on a train or do a long drive. Yes. But if you live in the upstate New York area, right, right. Right, there's that's beautiful true. camping. That's actually where I learned to camp. Yeah. So, yeah, it really does, I agree, it has to do with the proximity uh, of your home to great camping in the area. Right. We'll be right back after this short break. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. So we talked a lot about what equipment to bring when you're camping. What do you suggest to anyone out there who wants to 
start camping or has an interest in camping, what are some of the first things that they can do to be able to go camping? What would you say? Yeah, the first thing I would do is make sure to find a friend who has gone camping, right? The best thing to do is to go with someone who knows and loves camping because they'll just make it so much easier for you. Um, They'll show you, you know, all the things to look out for and it'll just be a much more relaxed experience. But if you're really brave and you don't know anyone who likes to camp, um, I would say uh, going onto YouTube and just, you know, searching something like camping for the first time, right? Watch a few different videos, see what people have to say about it um, and start to put together a gear list um, of the things you're going to need. Do some planning around looking around your area. Where's the closest camping site to you? And I would start with like a car camping or a campsite that's very close to civilization, yeah. just so that if something goes wrong, mm-hmm. uh, it's very easy for you to get help. Right. Um, start sm- simple, start small, just do one night. Mm-hmm. Um, try to do it with some friends. In fact, if it's your first time, I would insist you do it with at least one other person. Yeah. It's just good to have more than one person there for safety reasons. Yeah. Um, and yeah, have fun. That's the most important thing. You know, be prepared to to have uh, be prepared for it to be a challenge. Yes. Right. It's a lot about mindset, yeah. um, having an open mind, um, embracing the unexpected things that will happen. It'll probably rain on you. Yeah. Um, you're probably you know going to have an animal who takes some of your food. Mm. You know, you're probably going to get dirty. Uh, just expect all these things, and you're probably it's going to be uncomfortable for the first time when you're sleeping. Um, yeah. So just expecting the unexpected, um, you know, and getting in that mindset of no matter how challenging this is, I'm going to have fun um, and learn from it. If you go in with that mindset, uh, I think you're in great shape. I would totally uh, agree with all of that, especially as someone who has been on a couple of camping trips, but not really, not nearly as many as you. And they've been sort of more of like a day type, t- daytime camping. I would also say maybe start with hiking where you're kind of having a similar experience, but like I said before, you go home uh, or you just stay in a bed or a log cabin, something like that. You're not necessarily staying in a tent or a sleeping bag to sort of acclimate to this idea of being outdoors for several hours and really enjoying it. Um, I think that would be also a good way. Yeah, that's a great point. Like even before you get to staying the night, just get comfortable being in nature, right? Yeah. Yeah, just spend the day. You know, uh, just spend some time learning, uh, getting comfortable in the forest and um, not having your phone handy, things like that. Yeah. Um, that's a great way to get, get started. And then my last question is, what would you say is one of the biggest lessons you've learned from camping? <sighs> biggest lessons. I mean, the, the lesson that I learn every time and it never gets old is that you know, you, like, I am not the center of the world, right? Right, right. It's very easy when we're in, in the city and in our jobs to, to just only be thinking about ourselves and um, everything that's going wrong, everything that's going right, all our ambitions and mm-hmm. aspirations, blah, blah, blah. When you get out into the woods, you sort of dissolve, the sense of self dissolves into yeah. this bigger tapestry of nature. And, um, that's such an important lesson, and, and that's part of what makes it so um, comforting yeah. because the, the, your sense of stress and anxiety melts away, right? Right. Because you individually don't really matter. It's, you start to realize, like, 
nature's so much bigger than just you. You're just a tiny speck. Nothing matters. Nothing matters. What, once it's it's a mindset, right? It's, yeah, it this is. is. This is like um, I don't know if it's a Buddhist mindset, um, but there a lot of religions actually get to this, right? There's right. something the other than you dissolving that's the much ego. bigger, right? Yeah, for sure. That, yes, obviously, you know, you have priorities, and, right? Right. You know. Um, obligations and so forth, yeah. but you can suspend all that, and and none of it, none of it really matters at that moment. Yeah, right? exactly. It's about that moment. It's that moment being right. free from care, right? Um, and it's very hard to experience that yeah. um, in in the modern urban world, right? It's very easy to experience that in nature, and I think it's a great lesson that uh, I, I encourage everyone to expose themselves to at least once. I would agree with that, and that also, you know, it kind of has you change your perspective on things. For example, if it it's a problem that you might be dealing with at work or at school, you know, you shift focus for a moment, you get some more perspective, you you get that bird's eye view simply because you might not just be ruminating over it all day and also you're surrounded by the beauty that is our world and you also might be with people who really lift your spirits as well. So that combination of being in nature and with people that you enjoy whose company you enjoy can really get you out of a mood that you might be in. Um, Great point. And, and then I would also say the resilience. Yep. Right? Just finding a way to overcome yeah. any obstacle. Learning how to be or, adaptable and yeah. flexible and resourceful. Definitely. Yeah. So that was uh, really fun learning all about camping. Yeah. You shared a lot of amazing... Gosh, I could talk all day uh, about it. Yeah, I mean... It, it really sounds like it. So hopefully you get to go on a nice camping adventure soon. Hopefully. Yeah. Huh? <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> I think that would be interesting. Yeah. And, um, you know, I think it's like what you said, the baby steps, right? If you want to try something, you try it with keeping those steps in you mind. You do it progressively. Yeah. 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 So, all right. Well, we hope you enjoyed this conversation. If you have experienced camping, let us know in the comments down below. And also, if you're interested in camping, let us know what steps you're going to take to get yourself into the mindset of forest bathing, <laughs> being in nature, having that therapeutic experience of just surrounding yourself and immersing yourself in nature. Yeah. Awesome. All right. So we'll see you in the next advanced English lesson where we're going to continue advancing your English together. Until then, keep up the awesome work and we will see you very soon.